You are listening to the sermons of Mission Hills United Methodist Church. We are a reconciling congregation in San Diego, California, who believes in loving God by loving all, connecting faith and community through worship and serving others. To find out more about our worship community, visit us at our website at missionhillsumc.org. Thanks for listening. Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 through 46. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. He said to them, How is it then that David by the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. The word of God for God's people. Thanks be to God. Back when I was in first or second grade, we had this assignment that came during Valentine's Day to write poems that were called Love Is Poems. We finished the sentence multiple times, love is blank, love is blank. Some highlights from mine include the following. Love is my sister and I when we aren't fighting. Love is getting donuts for breakfast. Love is golfing with my family. Love is playing at the lake. If you were to make a love is poem, what would you include? Today our scripture that we read was from Matthew 22 verses 34 through 46. And it's one of the most famous passages in scripture, I would argue. It's all about naming what love really is. In the beginning of our passage, it said that there was this lawyer who asked Jesus a question, not sincerely, but in order to test him. You see, this lawyer didn't think very highly of Jesus. And we can gather that from his use of teacher, insincerely, which is in direct contrast to the believers calling Jesus Lord, he wasn't a huge fan. Jesus had just defended the Pharisees, but instead of being gracious or kind, they continued to test him, just in the same way that he was tested by Satan. So maybe you're asking yourself, why did this lawyer want to test Jesus, especially after he had helped him? We're not sure, but there are some speculations we can make. Because there are hundreds of commands the lawyer might have been trying to catch Jesus off guard 
to make it seem like he didn't know them all. And it also may have been that the lawyer wanted to put Jesus in a trap by asking him to choose the most important one, because it would seem suspicious for Jesus to declare one law as more important than another. But what actually happens here, rather than fall into that trap that was set for Jesus, he hears the question differently. His intent is not to choose which commandment matters the most, but instead he's sharing how we are to interpret all the laws and the words from the prophets as well. And Jesus does that by telling us that loving God and loving neighbor is the attitude we are to approach the law with in order to understand and to share it with others. The kind of love that Jesus is talking about, however, is a unique kind of love. This particular word used for love in the scriptures goes beyond relational love. It goes beyond mutual love. It goes beyond this friendship love. It's actually a kind of love that Christians use in covenant with God, a love that goes beyond feeling, which is not the commandment. The commandment kind of love instead that Jesus is highlighting, that's a love of commitment and of action. And so love God, love neighbor means embodying steadfast love, which fully embodies God's nature. In many ways, this wasn't a new revelation when Jesus shared this with the lawyer. And in fact, it's one of the oldest things in the book. Because if love is about embodying God's nature through commitment and through action, then we have to assume that this kind of love has been around as long as God has. Love God, love neighbor is radical. It's political even. Because when we believe in this, we have no choice but to also strive to embody it. We fight for it. We put so much value on this kind of love that even the sheer phrase, love God, love neighbor, means that in order to love one, we must love both. We can't love neighbor without loving God. We can't love God without loving neighbor such a basic phrase and one we use so often, but it's one that has shaped most, if not all, of the positive progress made in the church. Today in the church is a special day called Reformation Sunday. And it's the day that we honor Martin Luther, who was working to reform when he nailed the 95 theses to the door in Wittenberg. We honor Reformation Sunday with this in mind. To reform means to make changes to something in order to improve it. We often think of change as something that also includes loss, and honestly, it does to some extent. But change doesn't mean getting rid of something that is good. It doesn't mean throwing away a full set of traditions or practices. In the church, reformation means getting back to the basics. Martin Luther's goal wasn't to completely throw away the system. Instead, Luther wanted to make the church better. And his plan to do that was to go back to the basics of faith. 
Similarly, when Jesus was talking to this lawyer, he reminded them about those basics that needed to be returned to. Love God, love neighbor. Last week, if you were with us for Laity Sunday, Bill shared with us about the work of the laity and the value of faith as it relates to the work of the church. Now, friends, we have seen the fruits of your faith. We've seen the fruits of you embodying the central and also basic belief of love God, love neighbors. We have seen this by watching you include young leaders in our neighborhood, in the life of our church through music and more, in Playstop. We have done this. We've embodied love God, love neighbor by creating programs for seniors to be in community and share meals together. We've done this by offering brave spaces for members of the LGBTQIA community when other churches wouldn't include or affirm them. We've done this through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And I want to say thank you to each of you for committing to this work. As we continue doing this work, loving God and loving neighbor, wherever we find ourselves, we need to ask ourselves how reformation needs to happen in order to continue doing the good work we've already started. How might the church need to change in this season in order to further embody love God, love neighbor? What might we need to let go of in order to get there? So question one, how might the church need to change in order to further embody love God, love neighbor? And the second question, what might we need to let go of in order to get there? I want to encourage you to think of one idea something that you as a person of faith might need to let go of or change in order to be a better loving neighbor. When we return to our basics, when we go back to basics, when we commit to reformation, we are recommitting to this basic fundamental belief of love God, love neighbor. The belief that we love like God loves, like God has loved from the very beginning through commitment and action. Friends, as we leave this place today, may we remember that the work of reformation is about returning back to basics so that change for good can be revealed. May we honor God's promise and God's radical commitment to love us. And may we too commit and act in love so that we can follow Christ's example and commandment to love God and love neighbor. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Be sure to follow us on our social medias and check out our website for more information on what goes on in this faith community. Have a wonderful day and know that you are loved.